Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 64 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to do a question and answer with running coach Ron Tab. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got the Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 64 my name is letty lundquist and i'm here with my husband ryan hi runners we have our weekly podcast appearances where we try to bring you some content of value. If this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you. And if you're a longtime listener, we appreciate your support. So today's topic is going to be, well, it's a Q&A session, which was suggested by Ryan. It was his idea to do this. So we reached out to the running community. And surprisingly, we got a lot of questions out of which we picked the top 13 questions that we're going to have Ron answer. Why don't you remind people who Ron is? Oh, yeah. So Ron is my running coach, but he is actually also an elite running coach. He himself ran a 209 marathon in the 80s, and he was married to Mary Decker, whom he coached through her world records. Mary Decker is a retired American middle distance runner who won gold medals in the 1500s and 3000 meters at the world championships in 1983. And she also has been the world record in the distance of 5000 meters, 10,000 meters, so 5Ks and 10Ks. And then later on, Ron became a coach wearing many different hats, including he was Meb's former coach as well. Meb Kofleski, is a Eritrean-born American long-distance runner. He was a 2004 Olympic silver medalist and um, also won Boston in 2014. And uh, Ron is just an awesome person and a close friend of ours now. I thought a Q&A would be a good idea with Ron because it's good to pick someone's brain that knows a lot about coaching and then people could potentially ask questions that we might not think about. Yeah, and a lot of them we actually did not think about because the longer you are in that whole marathon world, it feels like you uh, are getting used to terminology and stuff that you as a newbie wouldn't have known. So Letty, what was the f- what was your favorite question? So out of all the questions asked, I probably found the most interesting, the one that talks about the length of the training runs and why a runner doesn't have to run 26 miles prior to a marathon why 18 miles or even less than that could be completely sufficient. So, but without revealing any more of those questions, we're going to now roll into this interview with Ron. All right. So I'm here with coach Ron Tab. Ron, thank you so much for joining me today for our questions and answers. Sure. 
So I want to start with a basic question, and um, this is from an aspiring marathoner. How long should a marathon cycle be? Because as you know, there's a lot of free online training programs, and they're all ranging between 16 to 20 weeks or so. Okay. Um, as someone who's been doing this for a few years, the first thing I want to know is find out what the experience is with the runner are they do they have college or high school running experience uh, their age and then i want to learn what their uh, i want to find out what their goals are you know so um, let's say you're getting ready for the houston marathon in january and you've you've been running for 10 years and have a good base good foundation you'll only need i, I like approximately 10 weeks of of speed training, incorporating the speed training prior to a marathon. I like to get two to three hard uh, speed sessions in a week uh, uh, prior to that. So th the cycle depends on the experience of the individual. So if you have, you know, if you have, if you're a, a beginner and you're just getting into running, you know, my recommendation is to try and build your mileage up to something between 40 and 50 miles at a minimum Uh, to have a, to be able to finish the marathon and, uh, and have a good experience. You don't want to do 20 miles, 25 miles a week and then try to go out and run, you know, a 26 mile race because that's going to, um, uh, you're not going to have a good experience doing it that way or approaching it that way. Okay, perfect. So when it comes to running terminology, there are some clarifications needed. For example, A lot of those runs call for running certain intervals at race pace. So what should race pace be? How does somebody know what their race pace is? Okay, so let, let's say you are um, a four-hour marathon runner. Um, and um, I have to, I'm going to use our, my cheat sheet to find out what uh, four hours is. I don't know off the top of my head. It would be... Yeah, okay, so 355, you're looking at nine-minute pace. So if you are, uh, you know, 45 years old, you're, you know, trying to, to break uh, four hours for the marathon, you should be doing intervals sub-marathon race pace. So um, I would want my, uh, you know, I'd be having my... Um, uh, the folks I'm working with, I'd be having them do sub-nine-minute um Uh, training in their intervals anywhere from 800 meters to uh, uh, 1600 meters or eight and eight eight you know half mile to a mile and you'd be looking at doing you know something in the in the neighborhood of four minutes for an 800 or eight minutes for a 1600 you know you want to be able to accelerate and go a little bit faster than what your race pace is now on On your weekend runs, uh, which most people typically do their long runs on the weekend, I like sub marathon race pace. So if you are nine, if you're expecting to run something in the nine minute range for a marathon, I would like to see you in the range of 840 to 850 for 13 to 15 miles. So and pre so and running the second half of the workout faster than the first half of the workout. That's perfect. That was going to be my next question about that um, long run pace. So what about the easy pace? So for us, when you give us 
miles that are called garbage miles, those are the ones that are recovery and easy pace miles, how much slower should they be than your race pace? That uh, That's an individual um, assessment. So um, I don't have a, a specific time that I ask the runners to, to do uh, when they're doing their recovery days. Um, so, and everyone is a little bit different as to what they would need for that recovery date. But let's say you're a nine minute marathon runner, you're probably going to be in the 10 minute to 1030 range for those easy recovery days. Rest and recovery is a really important element of, of successful marathon training. And without that, the, you're not going to get as much out of the hard sessions as you need to. So it's, it's really important to make sure that you take the easy days easy and the hard days hard. Perfect. All right. So our next question comes from an experienced runner. And he says, if you're running a distance race, is it better to be fast at short distances and draw the speed out or have endurance under your belt and speed up your long runs? Well, it's important to, uh, you're going to benefit by, uh, if you're, if you are a, um, you know, a, a marathon runner, half marathon runner, it is good to have, uh, a good turnover. And what I mean by good turnover is, you know, your 5k, you want to try and improve on that. And I just had a, a couple of runners that I'm working with that, uh, one runner, uh, she's a 123 half marathoner, but she had never run under 19 minutes for, uh, for 5k. And so I look at that as a weakness in her, uh, in her overall, uh, skill set. And so what we wanted to do, uh, was to bring that 5K time down to where it was more in line with her 123. So looking at what she had done over, and I had only worked with this athlete for a couple of months, but looking at what her, uh, base and her foundation was, then I, uh, saw that uh, what incorporating some shorter intervals uh, with longer recoveries that would help her with her speed. Uh, and in uh, within three weeks, I had her uh, from a 19 minute 5K runner to an 1835 uh, 5K runner. Just at, just determining what this person needed. And again, it's an individual uh, situation because everyone uh, is going to respond to interval training differently. So some people need a little bit more recovery time. When I mean recovery time at days in between intervals, um, I typically like to have at least uh, 24 to 48 hours between hard interval sessions. I like to do uh, long intervals early in the week uh, and shorter intervals later in the week with a long hard run on the weekends. Interesting. Okay. So the next question, and I guess you've already addressed it in our first question when we talked about marathon cycles is about the weekly mileage. So we had just another question about what a weekly mileage should look like. And I guess since we've already addressed it, I wanted to clarify the whole high mileage for weekly runs. When is a runner ready to run more than 40, 50 miles? Because we see a lot of runners that are obviously and have already done multiple marathons and that are running a hundred miles. So when does somebody get to that point? For a runner trying to get to, and I, I, I don't think there should be a target uh, number of miles that an athlete is trying to get in. Um, it is, 
again, running is such an individual sport uh, because some runners can thrive on 70 to 80 miles a week. Uh, and some runners need 100, 100 to 120 miles a week. Um, and if, over time, you'll be able to discover where you're uh, able to get the most out of your training. By the time I was in my late 20s, my I'd gone from 150, 160 mile weeks to 110 to 130 mile weeks. Uh, I was getting more out of the 110, 130 mile weeks than I was out of the 160 mile weeks. Uh, those 160 mile weeks, the training was much slower. You know, I, at the 110 to 130 mile weeks, uh, the workouts or the runs were much faster. So, um, and I've, I've had uh, some runners which, um, you know, I've built their mileage from uh, 25 to 30 miles a week to where they're doing uh, 60 to 70 miles a week. Uh, in your case, we've even, uh, when we started working together, we were doing 25 to 30 and you've, and you're now able to run over 80 miles a week. And it's taken you a period of two and a half years to get to that point. So, um, but everyone is a little bit different. You had no high school or college running experience. Um, so it would obviously take you a little bit more time. Someone with, you know, uh, high school and college running experience, it'll take them less time to get to that, uh, to find what their ideal marathon training uh, would be, what their ideal m- mileage would be for getting ready and preparing for a marathon. So how would they know that that's their ideal mileage? Because the results, your, uh, your race results will show. And also you'll see it in your training. You know, where, you know, if you're not able to sustain, if you're doing 100 miles a week and you're not able to, to get in three quality, uh, hard sessions a week, then that's probably too many miles for you and you need to cut your mileage back. So, uh, you gradually, when we, uh, when we began running, um, we started off with just working on a, on doing hard, uh, sessions. We did some intervals, but that was just to get you used to it, kind of get your feet wet. Um, and then we went into fartlek training. Uh, we went into doing longer runs. Uh, then we went into doing doubles, you know, so it's a process. Um, you know, it takes time to get to the level that where you can do a hundred miles a week. Uh, another thing that that is important is maintenance. Um, I like uh, for my athletes to try to get in and get a, a you know a massage every couple of weeks uh, because you're beating your body when you're doing 80 miles a week or 100 miles a week. You're beating your body up, and you want to get in, get the massage, chiropractic care. That's important. Um, new proper nutrition, uh, hydration. These are all. Uh, elements and ingredients uh, to an overall positive uh, running experience. Perfect. Thank you. So the next question is about race pacing strategy. And the person is saying, is asking, what should my race pacing strategy be? We talk about uh, strategy and approach towards training all the time. And I have one you know, one thing that I always say to my athletes, uh, start off at a pace that you can maintain through the duration of your run or 
or be able to pick the pace up. So if you start off, if you're a, if you're a nine minute, uh, you know, marathoner and you start off and you're running 8.30, 8.40 for the first 10 miles, you're going to die and you're going to be running 9.30, 9.40, uh, finishing. So I would rather see my runners, um, I would rather see them begin at a 9.20, 9.30, 9.40 pace and then work it down because it's easier to run a race when you're catching people than it is when you're being caught. Uh, it's demoralizing when you have someone you, or people going by you. Uh, it's encouraging when you are passing people. It makes their race seem much easier. So the mistakes that you make in your training are the mistakes that you'll make in your racing. So when we're doing uh, hard sessions, you know, I encourage my um, uh, my athletes to start off at a pace that they can handle for the entire workout. Okay, awesome. And I have another question about strides. And the person is saying, how and why does speed work and sp strides help my pace? Okay. I, I think it's, for me, it was just part of my routine, part of my warm-up. Um, and I liked doing strides, uh, stride outs, uh, especially right before uh, my interval sessions or before my uh, uh, my races. Never really did um son a need to do strides before a hard run um, because it was just a, a steady state uh, but before doing intervals you want to get used to uh, uh, stretching out because you are in, in interval training you are going to be uh, uh, doing longer you, you'll have a longer stride in your in speed so if you're doing you know if you're doing 200s or 400s uh, your stride is going to be longer than if you're doing um, 1600s. So. Okay. And then we have another question about all the confusing information about the longest runs in your marathon cycle. There are some training plans that show that you're supposed to run 18, 20, 22, 24 miles. Um, But they never say to run the whole 26 miles. So the question is, why is the longest run not a 26-mile run? And how long should the longest run be? Again, that depends on the individual. Uh, what I, um, over my years of running, uh, one of the things that I uh, learned uh, along the way was that I was more effective. My week was more productive training wise if I didn't do runs longer than 17 or 18 miles anything longer than 17 18 miles physiologically you begin to uh, burn muscle and as a result when you're burning muscle it takes longer to recover so that means that on if I'm doing a 17 miler on Sunday uh, at sub marathon race pace uh, that means that Uh, if I'm doing that at 22 miles, I've, I've gone five miles beyond what I really wanted or, or what I really needed to get in. And it's going to take me three or four days to recover. Physiologically, it'll take, you know, three or four days. So along the, uh, over the years, what I, uh, what I discovered was, okay, let's drop that down to, you know, 18 miles or below. And I usually kept my runs at around the 17 mile. That was before the Olympic trials, world championships, um, before any major marathon, my longest run uh, in my 10-week cycle was only 17 miles. 
And then I would complement that or supplement the, the day. I'd get my 20 plus mile day in and go out for an easier run in the afternoon. So, um, and you know, so that, that meant that on Tuesday I could come back and have a hard interval session beforehand and early in my career, I would do the 20, 22 mile runs and I wasn't able to get as much out of my training the next week because I was still recovering from my Sunday run. So playing around with, you know, with, with the weekend run, long runs, uh, I discovered that 17 miles was, was perfect for me. And I was usually five to 10 seconds faster than my marathon race pace on that, on that run. So if I'm running 211, uh, you know, my PR is, you know, 211 at the time, then I'm doing my runs in 455 to 505 for the uh, 17 mile run. Wow. Okay. So the next question that I have here is, and I guess for clarification and making it easier purposes, if somebody, assuming somebody trained, has a base mileage in and is doing a 16 week marathon cycle, at what point, how many weeks out from the marathon should this person start doing speed work? And that's, uh, like I said, uh, I liked doing uh, speed about 10 weeks out. Some people taper, they start their taper, I think, way, way too soon. Uh, and I think you're, well, you'll be more effective by having a shorter taper. So, you know, five to six days is, is ample to, uh, to taper. Okay. That was going to be, um, another one of my questions about the proper taper, because just as you just mentioned, there is training plans where tapering starts three weeks out, um, two weeks out. Why do you say that that's too long of a taper? Um, just from my own experience, you know, what, what worked for me, because I keep my, I was typically around 120 miles a week. And up until the uh, week before I stayed on 120 miles a week, let's say you're at the seven, you know, you personally, you're around averaging 70 plus miles a week. So I would have, pardon me, I'd have you doing what you will be doing you know, between 65 and 80 miles a week for the next, well, we're getting close to uh, Berlin. So in the next six weeks, uh, we'll probably keep that mileage right in that range, you know, so with uh, three hard sessions a week, and that's counting your long, hard run on Sunday. Okay, so then for the proper taper for that last week, how much do you cut it down? Is it a percentage of running that you cut down, or do you also cut down on the workouts? It's, you, you begin modifying, you, you begin cutting the mileage down, uh, based on the individual. Again, it's, it's, you know, you can't say because everyone is going to be a little bit different, you know, so you running 75 miles a week, your taper is going to be, you know, you'll, you'll be doing your, you'll, the week before you're still going to run, uh, you're still going to have a long, hard run. You're going to have a, a 17 mile, a 15 to 17 mile run on Sunday. Uh, then Monday, that's where we really start tapering, you know, t 
uh, taming the training down to a certain degree. You know, you'll be going uh, eight on Monday. I will do a speed session. This is if the race is on the weekend, Saturday or Sunday, which most of them are. Then on Tuesday, you'll do your last real hard interval session. And then, uh, then we start tapering down. Okay. And just, um, for completion of this question, what do you have your athletes do two, three days out of the marathon? Uh, typically, typically, you know, five to six miles a day is all you need, you know, and then finishing up, you know, the day before finishing up with some strides, you know, uh, 20 to 30 meter strides at around 80% of whatever your race pace is going to be. Okay, perfect. And then um, one last question for all the listeners that are currently training for marathon. What are some tips for better running? It's really important to have a good base and a good foundation. The, the best advice I can give anyone is to make sure that whatever you're doing, you're staying within yourself. So stay with, you know, if you're doing an interval session, make sure that you're uh, able to start or finish the interval session faster than you started your interval session because if you're not doing your intervals or your fartleks in that manner then you're going to make that same mistake in your race because you don't you don't fix your problems in a race you fix them in your training very true that's what you always say that the mistakes you make in your training are the mistakes you'll make in your race and that's and that's the bottom line you will if you if you're screwing up in training you're probably going to screw up in your racing yeah thank you ron you're welcome Thanks again, Ron, for answering our questions. And hopefully we can make, we can have another session like this soon. Very insightful and great information. I love hanging out with you and talking running. So I hope you guys got your questions answered. And if you have more questions, you can email me directly. Or if you want to reach out to Ron, you can also email him at rontab at aol.com. And until next time. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.